Uh, okay. Any questions before we get started? Um, I don't know. Not really. I guess we're just going to be talking about um, the events that I'll be doing at the at the retreat. Is that kind of the gist of it? Lisa didn't say very much. She basically just said <sighs> conversation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. First, I just you know introduce you, uh, talk to you about kind of your wellness path. What brought you to being someone that is supporting others in their wellness, right. and then. Uh, we'll talk about what you're presenting at the at the wellness retreat. It shouldn't take more than half an hour. Okay, sounds good. No, ready to go then. Okay, all right. Well, I'll introduce us. Well, welcome everyone to the uh, Foothills Retreat Podcast. I'm Dr. Jared McCollum, and with me today is Amanda Blair. She's a certified wellness and spiritual life coach, speaker, writer, yogi, and pretty much everything else. And she's here to talk to us about her wellness journey and how she is now a part of the Foothills Wellness Retreat. Welcome. Thank you. Hi, everyone. <laughs> so now I've I've read a little bit about you. We haven't met in person yet, but uh, uh, you've been through a few things and uh, mm-hmm. you've had quite the journey bringing you to a point where you're helping others. What, what, what got Absolutely. you started? So it kind of, it almost came naturally for me. So um, professionally, I've always kind of been in leadership roles and I've always taken on a mentorship position in people's lives. So it's, it's, it's been my path in the making for a while, I would say. Uh, for a little while, I was doing some personal training and kind of incorporating fitness into it. But I went through a really dark period in my late 20s. And so this was, you know, five, six, seven years ago at this point now. But it it really shed light on the areas of my life that I needed to heal. And I just felt so lost. And I felt so alone in this bubble. And uh, going through, you know, some tough breakups and what ultimately led me on a healing path and a more spiritual path was finding out that I was unexpectedly pregnant and then choosing to terminate that pregnancy. And so this started very much as me trying to heal that grief and that wound because for any woman that's gone through it or, you know, anyone that knows someone that has, there's limited supports available for them. So for me... I wanted to get to a space where I could heal enough so that others didn't have to feel as alone, which led to me writing letters to the baby that I didn't have as a means of healing, because I've always found writing to be very therapeutic, and eventually turning that concept into a book idea, which is kind of what led me into coaching. It wasn't something that I anticipated or sought out. It just load. And that's how I knew that it was the right path for me was because it just came and everything felt so aligned. And it was very much on purpose for, for what I felt I needed to be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a great quote from the Buddha where he talks about, you know, suffering uh, mm-hmm. is, you know, just a calling, a call to set us free. And absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, we're going along and then you know, if we're on the wrong path or, um, you know, a bit distracted by, you know, the, <laughs> the, the man-made world, uh, suffering comes along and kind of wakes us up and eventually kind of guides us to the right path when we're ready. Absolutely. And I really found that in those moments of suffering, in the darkest parts of my life where I had no idea 
it, it rocked me to my core where I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I wanted. I had no idea what direction I was headed. I was so unhappy and so unfulfilled. And that became my purpose. And what a beautiful thing. And going through it, telling people that when they're in the middle of it is, it's excruciating to hear that. And it's almost like, well, you don't understand what I'm going through. And this is so painful. And this is so dark. And it's, and I feel like I'm not going to come out the other end. But coming out on the other end of it is it's such a beautiful experience to be able to pivot and turn that into something that makes you feel so much more alive and so much more whole and to be able to then, you know, it's almost like a pay it forward thing, like, you know, helping other people through the their processes and it doesn't even have to be the same experience but just moving them through those emotional depths because those feelings are the same regardless of what we're going through mm-hmm. oh that's beautiful so you're going through this uh this pain this suffering and so did you turn to you know uh you know an individual for coaching and guidance or did you just start researching on ways to support yourself and that's what got you into like a path of coaching and spirituality i started looking everywhere and i think i I had a friend at the time who had recommended Rhonda burns book the magic to me and that was kind of the entryway and the gateway into this more spiritual community i was raised very religious so a lot of this was new to me. I had no idea what, what all of this was. And so that was where I got my start. But what, what happened was I just started looking everywhere. I was looking at self-help books. I was I took a couple of programs, one of which was um, a program called the 12 Sacred Gifts or something along those lines where, you know, I just, I wanted to figure out what am I going to do with my life? Because I was working in a job where I wasn't fulfilled. My relationships were heavily lacking even you know some of my friendships were lacking and I I was lucky to have some really great supports around me at the time but it was so interesting because everywhere that I turned and everywhere that I looked and as I went deeper it was it was me going internally that I wasn't seeing and everything kind of kept trying to direct me back to well what makes you happy what do you want and I think that's what really kind of projected me into even the coaching side of it was because a lot of people that I work with that I coach or that I just, you know, come across throughout this and, and doing this are people that are looking outside of themselves for answers. And it's impossible to find those answers outside of mm-hmm. yourself mm-hmm. and going internally. Yeah. And it's, it's the scariest thing to go internally because it takes you to those, those pieces of yourself that you're maybe denying or, you know, I just had a conversation with a girlfriend of mine yesterday, even where we're talking about some of the things that she's been attracting into her life. And she was saying, you know, but this is the pattern and this is what I'm seeing. And I said, but it's also what you believe. Mm-hmm. So until you can go internally and you can work with yourself, figure out, you know, where does this story come from? Is it even true? Is this, is this something that I, I've, I'm projecting out there? You know, how are you going to change the outcome and how are you going to be able to bring anything better to yourself? So I guess, I mean, I was turning everywhere. I was looking everywhere but outside and everything kept saying, go internal, go internal. And I'm thinking, but there's nothing inside. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it was, a, it was an interesting, uh, interesting way to, to do it. But um, yeah, that it was just all over the place. Courses, yeah. books, audios, spiritual teachers, everything that you can think of. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because the frame point and viewpoint of the current world, you know, you look at it and, you know, one of the definitions I love about it is it's just basically our world is addicted to suffering mm-hmm. and we have set up our systems and our, 
religions and our schools, everything is around this idea of comparison and competition. And it just brings mm -hmm. suffering. And when we search outside, you know, for these answers, you know, they, it's always going to be, you know, it, it's either going to be someone else's path or it's going to be a path of suffering. And mm -hmm. when we go inward and we search for that inner guidance and that inner voice, then we find our path. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think that's one of the things, especially why I think, you know, coaching and things like that can be so beneficial because it's, it's helping people ask themselves the right questions to discover their path and what brings them joy and, and peace. Because if you look outward and try to follow someone else's, you'll never find it. And that's why religions always fail because it's one person's path. They're trying to push on everyone. At least that's Absolutely. my opinion. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I completely agree. And even, you know, some of the practitioners and there was a few therapists and psychologists that I had worked with during this time. And I was, I wanted them to tell me what to do and nobody would tell me what to do. And it was so frustrating for yeah. me, but they were asking me questions and, you know, just to kind of, to, to top off where you're, you know, you're talking about, we live in a world where, you know, suffering and, and competition, that's just, it's the norm, but even more than that too, it's also distraction. Mm -hmm. And so it's so easy for us to scroll on our phone or watch TV or, you know, engage in mind numbing activities that are preventing us from actually facing what we should be sitting with within ourselves. Mm -hmm. And again, those that have the money and power want us distracted because yeah. someone who's suffering, someone who's sad, someone who's in pain, um, you know, goes externally for that peace and, you know, to fulfill themselves. And so they're going to fill themselves with food and drugs and alcohol and all those things that, momentarily might make us feel a little bit better, but in mm -hmm. the long run, and not saying that none, that those things are bad for us, but when we're searching for those alone is the only things to fulfill us, you know, they're to add to life, give it spice, make it fun, but it's only through our you know, inner path and, and connecting with ourselves that we can find that peace. Absolutely. Yeah. I com I completely agree with you for sure. So, you know, how can you describe to me what a, you know, your process of working so, for, with someone, what is your, what's your process and path when you have someone come in? Like, is it, are you like a regular coach or is, is it more like a spiritual bend? You know, what, what kind of tools and techniques do you use in your practice? So it can be, it, it can be a little bit of both. I do prefer a spiritual approach myself because I have found my spiritual journey to be so profound. So I definitely want to work with and attract people who are at least familiar with some of those concepts. And spirituality is such a, it, it's a huge, broad spectrum of things. Mm -hmm. So there's so many things that are included in that. For me, I like to, you know, I like to focus on overall wellness. And so, you know, I talked earlier about how I was um, a personal trainer briefly, and that only covers one aspect of yourself. And, and perhaps that's also what set me on this path is because, you know, I was in the best shape of my life and externally I looked great, but internally I was an absolute disaster. So, <laughs> I mean, that was ineffective, you know, in and of itself. So I, I definitely like to bring tarot cards and Oracle cards into my practice. When I'm first meeting with someone, one of the questions I ask them is, what is your, what are you familiar with? 
What are you comfortable with? What type of modalities have you tried? What has worked for you? What hasn't? Because there's so many different things. I like to also use guided meditations because I feel that they really take you on an internal journey. And, you know, I'm not here to tell anybody what to do. And I'm clear when I'm working with people, you know, this is what's worked for me. However, I also know people where this, this other, you know, thing has worked really great for them. So maybe try that out and see. And I, um, I go into my coaching sessions to learn as well, because I don't have all of the answers. And so I learn just as much from clients and people that I work with as I would like to think that they learn from me. So it's, I, I tailor each experience to where everyone is comfortable. I have some clients who, you know, love relying on the cards and love more of the intuitive sessions. And then I have other clients where they really want to deal with just, you know, for lack of a better word, the 3D self and where they're sitting right now. And that's okay. And I can, I can remove some of that, but I will, you know, recommend some of the spiritual teachers that I've worked with. I am, I have got a bookshelf that is huge, like you wouldn't believe. And I am a huge advocate for reading books and filling our mind with knowledge and doing our research and, and audiobooks and whatever that looks like. So for everything that people talk to me about, I've got a, a book I can recommend or something that I can pull from that. So I almost like to Gabby Bernstein is huge in the spiritual community and the wellness and self-help community. And I really love her approach. And I, I like to model mine after hers where there's spiritual techniques involved. There's spiritual lessons. There is a spiritual undertone, but it's also realistic. And it's not, you know, super woo woo where, you know, let's rely solely on cards or a pendulum or crystals or incense or whatever that means. It's also, you know, let's use those tools for sure, but then let's take action and let's be real with ourselves. And we do live in a world where we need to be realistic. We can't have our head in the clouds. So it's, it's a bit of both that I like to integrate in. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. And is, um, so through that process, do you kind of help people develop their own kind of spiritual path, their own kind of like interpretation, or are you encouraging them to follow a certain path? I want them to follow their path and I will, I will present what's worked for me, but I, I don't, I don't pretend, like I said, I don't pretend to have all the answers and I don't want someone to take the path that I've taken if that doesn't resonate for them. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's really important. And when I'm working with people and when I'm asking them questions and really what it's about is I'm not, it's, it's not as much about, you know, like I mentioned, telling them what to do, but about asking them the questions so that they can come to the conclusion and the answers on their own. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's lovely. So mm -hmm. um, now you, you're presenting coming up here. I'm just trying to find your little write up. Here we go. Yeah, I've got I've got two coming up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, so trauma healing meditation ceremony. Now that sounds fascinating. Tell tell me mm -hmm. about that one. That's that's going to be happening on the Saturday at uh, let me get the time on that four o'clock. Okay. Yeah. What so that one that one's going to go a little heavy, and I wanted to I wanted to do it at the end of a day because I felt that sometimes there's emotion that comes up when we take a deep dive. And I think it's important that people can sit with that and process it rather than move right into something else. 
Um, and I also didn't want it to be, you know, the last day of the retreat where people are like, oh my God, I left with all this heavy emotion. Now what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, um, this one is really interesting and this is a, a meditation that I've developed. And so what the actual ceremony is going to include is we're going to set our intentions. If, if people are comfortable to share, I want them to share. It's, it's, going to be holding a very safe space for everyone to work through their feelings. If you need to cry, you can cry. If you're, if you need to feel angry, you can feel angry and we can go on this journey together collectively and we can work through healing it. So we're going to get started with a candle ceremony, which is in my opinion, one of the best ways to set our intentions. So, um, and that can be, you know, a verbal or an internal, whatever people need that to be, whatever works for them. That's what we're going to do. And then it's going to be, an inward guide of going through some of the things that have been traumatic for us. And so when I say trauma, trauma for me is an event that's happened. So there's some people that I work with and it's like, you know, they say, well, I've had years of trauma and this is kind of, this is kind of what I want to focus on. But for this particular event, I want to focus on, you know, one particular trauma or, you know, two particular traumas. And, and it's one single event or one single day or one single thing that happened. So for me, the biggest trauma that I focus on when I was doing my healing was my abortion procedure because that day and going through that was such a traumatic event for me mm-hmm. that that's kind of where that's where my mind goes. And there's some things in childhood, of course, as well, but I really just want this to be reflective. And when people come out of it and, you know, when I've done this with people, they come out of it feeling like, they can move through it and feeling like, you know, even though they might have not have been able to control the circumstances or the events that led to this, they can now control what they do with it. And so my goal is to promote healing here for everyone. My goal is to promote the mindset of this didn't happen to me, happened for me, which I know everyone says all the time, but it's truly about taking that moment in time and learning the lesson from it and, and coming out the other end a better person and seeing it as this is part of my path. This is part of what I came here to experience. And this is what I need to take from it so that I can go forward. I can be a better person in my relationships, in my personal life, in my career, whatever that looks like. And I can, I can heal this and I can then help heal it in others. Mm-hmm. I love how with, uh, have you read any Dr. Gabor Mate? I have. Yeah. I love Phenomenal his, man. Yeah. His newest book, um, you know, the myth of normal. I love how he talks about trauma in there and how it's, you know, there's a difference between a, a stressful experience and a traumatic experience. And, yeah. you know, uh, it doesn't, a stressful experience doesn't have to be a traumatic experience. A traumatic experience mm-hmm. is also stressful, but it becomes traumatic when we don't feel that we're understood or supported through that stressful experience. For sure. When we've been left alone or that our, upbringing and understanding of a situation is now contrary to how we experience that situation, you know, or, uh, you know, say, for example, an abortion, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, we're, again, if you were raised very religiously, you're told that that's like a terrible, evil thing, and you're a bad person, even consider it. And, you know, Mm -hmm. all these other things that I don't agree with, but I think it's that point of view. And if you come in with those, with that baggage and less feeling, and then, you don't have someone to turn to to support you and love you and, and guide you through that situation. Yes, it can, can become very traumatic. 
You know, I think other mm-hmm. other individuals that go through that situation and have a different viewpoint and a different experience, and it's something that's supported by those around them. It doesn't have to be a traumatic experience. How do you feel about that kind of understanding of trauma? Does that I completely. Fit? It completely fits because you are so right. Stress is part of our everyday life. And there are stressful situations that happen all the time. But you're so right in that if we are supported through it, it's, it, it's not trauma. It's just stress. The other thing about trauma that I find in, in myself and in those I've worked with and just in my experience in general is that trauma changes the story that you tell yourself about yourself. Mm-hmm. So it can impact your self-worth. So like you're, you're mentioning, you know, with abortion and being raised, being raised in the Catholic church, you're told, yes, this is bad. You're, you're not going to heaven. You're going to hell. I mean, if you think about it, you can't even drive from Calgary to Edmonton without seeing a billboard for pro-life. And I remember seeing that billboard and just wanting to, you know, like throw paint at it, <laughs> like, yes, take, yes. A, take a paintball gun to it because it's like, oh my God, can you be so narrow? Um, and so, you know, even I think about some of the traumatic experiences I had when I was a child um, and it, it changed the story that I told myself about myself, about my worth, about what I could give to the world, about who I was. And um, I think that that also is one of the things that nails down, you know, trauma from stress is that stress doesn't, yes, it's there, but it's it's not impacting you overall in a sense that it's changing your view. It's, mm-hmm. you know, crippling you. It's It's whatever else, whereas a trauma will do that. It'll, it'll really make you question who you are and, you know, everything about yourself and what you know. Mm-hmm. I like that, you know, reframing and re-understanding your viewpoint on that trauma experience, you know, because mm-hmm. if you can change how you feel and interpret that situation from your viewpoint, you know, I'm not a bad person. This is okay. This is my body. This is my choice. I'm not an evil, you know, that can help a lot. And then, of course, then those around you then you know, being able to be their support and, and understand your choices without judging you. But uh, mm-hmm. that's a lot to ask for people nowadays. It is. <laughs> it really is. It really is. And it's, you know, it's, it's even about, you know, more than just n- knowing these things, because we can know things and we can think things in our logical mind, but in our hearts, we feel differently. And yeah. so the reprogramming, it really runs deep and it's, it's so fascinating for me to, to work with people and to, to go through these experiences and to see how deeply rooted these stories are that we tell ourselves, but mm-hmm. how infrequently they're actually our stories. Yeah. They're learned behaviors. They're not ours. Yeah. I love that. You know, it's, and this goes in a lot in how shamanism views, you know, things, mm-hmm. especially like the Toltecs, because they look at it as, you know, we're all dreaming. You know, mm-hmm. this whole life is a dream. And and the reason it's a dream is because, you know, every, it's not one world, there's 8 billion of them. And we're mm-hmm. all dreaming this existence and our understanding of it in a different way. Mm-hmm. So we're experiencing uh, life through our lens and understanding and experiences. We're not really seeing the world for what it is. So we're dreaming. Now, mm-hmm. the... Uh, the shamans were always known as the ones that were awake. So they're, they're still dreaming, but they know they're dreaming. So now they can mm-hmm. dream the dream they want to. And that's, you know, so whether it's a story or a dream, it's all the same thing. What story do you want to tell? What dream do you want to dream? 
You know, unfortunately, the collective dream on this planet right now is a is dream of suffering. And, Absolutely. you know, we we think that, you know, these concepts like capitalism and religion and, uh, you know, <laughs> politics, all these things, we think they're these like eternal things that when you look back, many of them are very new and mm -hmm. we've adopted these things and we've collectively agreed that this is, you know, uh, uh, this communal psychosis on some of these concepts are okay. <laughs> and we wonder mm -hmm. why, you know, collectively the world is depressed and sad and lost. And, you know, if we go back to like a smaller community, you know, uh, you know, thousands of years ago, you know, we've been around for millions. No one would ever say, oh, well, I own this and, you know, sorry, you're too poor to have this or exactly. all of these concepts that really are causing suffering in our communities. And it's all based on a story. And all we have to do is dream up a better story collectively and live a better life for everyone. But we're so you know, entrenched and stuck in this nightmare. And all mm -hmm. it takes is for us collectively to say, no, we've had enough and, you know, force that change. But I don't know. It's, a, I, I, it always reminds me of the stuff where like, you know, how we worship celebrity and the rich and all of this. So we don't want the system to change just in case, just in case one day we become a celebrity or we become rich. Mm -hmm. anyway absolutely <laughs> and then it'll then work in our favor these you know these man-made designed concepts yes that you know that are essentially designed to keep us separate from one another yeah. as opposed to coming together and keeping us in a space of fear and ego as opposed to oneness and universal love and acceptance yeah and you know i don't know if it's on purpose or if it's just this underlining, like uh, subconscious understanding, but those in power and those with money don't want that because then they, mm -hmm. leave the, they, they lose their power, their money, their specialness. Because, yeah. you know, the human soul, psyche, consciousness knows that this is not a balanced life, that this is not the mm -hmm. way we're to live. And, you know, any threat to that, to those with the power, terrifies them so yeah let, let's keep them distracted let's keep them drugged up let's keep them scared and we can carry on but for sure and let's keep anxiety levels at an all-time high because you know ultimately that's our that's our clue that we're not happy and that we're not living the way that we should be we don't feel well as a society mm -hmm. exactly okay and you're now you're presenting twice the other thing is five levels of self-care to create wholeness and alignment so the other mm -hmm. one's a meditation. Is this like a, a can, can you explain this one to me? Absolutely. So this one, there will be, it's not going to be a guided meditation by any means, but there will be points where we can have some self-reflection. So essentially one of the things that I, in, in the coaching certification that I've taken and in a lot of the work that I've done for myself, there's five levels of self that we have. And where I started was with that fitness journey, which is our, our physical being, our physical self. That is one component, but the idea is that there's four more of them. So we've got our physical body, we've got our self-perception, which is how we talk about ourselves, how we feel about ourselves. We've got our, our mental well-being, we've got our emotional health, and then we've got our spiritual health. And so when 
one or more of these is not aligned or not well or not being cared for, we're going to feel out of balance. And I mean, to ask to have all five of these things aligned at the same time, it is a big ask because it's, you know, it's a lot of work to get there. But at the same time, I think that part of it is that we also do live in a society where we focus so much on the physical body over the rest of it that we're not caring for ourselves from a space of wholeness and really looking at how, you know, our mental health and the thoughts that we have can, can really impact us. our emotional health. We live in a world where suppression is the norm and that's what we're taught to do. You know, men are taught that, you know, don't cry, don't, express anything other than anger because it makes you look like a wimp, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Whereas women who express that emotion, which comes so naturally to us are seen as dramatic or overly emotional. And, (laughs) and, you know, which, I mean, of course there's, there's elements where it, it needs to be appropriate. It needs to be healthy emotion, but we don't teach what healthy emotion means. Mm -hmm. We don't, we don't know what expressing healthy emotion from a female or a male perspective is in some cases, because that's not the narrative and that's not the way that we've been conditioned. And especially you think, you know, the generation before us and the one before that was very much, you know, get it done, what you have to get done and just trudge right through. So it makes sense that we are where we are now. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, it's, so it's this one, it's, it's not going to be as heavy. I, my intention for this, particular event is it's lighter it's not going to be that heaviness it's not going to be that taking a deep dive it is going to be reflective absolutely but it's going to be reflective in an empowering way whereas you know not to say that the healing ceremony isn't empowering it is in its own right but this is going to be more of okay this is the area of my life where I'm struggling and this is what I can do about it and so this is probably the most I'll ever give someone in terms of answers so to speak Mm -hmm. because it even though it's reflective, it's going to point you in the direction that you need to go to heal that particular part of your life or not even heal, just create more wholeness for it. Yeah. Yeah. Tools to work with to find that balance. For sure. Aspect. Yeah. For cool. sure. And you know, there's going to be different things that I'll suggest. Some of them might work for you. Some of them might not, but I also want this to be collaborative. And so when I do this exercise with people and I'm working with people individually or in small groups, I very much want their input. What works for you? What are you doing now that's working really well? Because you know what somebody has to say that I don't think of might work really well for somebody else that's in the room. So I want this to be a very collaborative and you know, inclusive experience where we can all share. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds lovely. Yeah. So someone's listening now and they're like, oh, Amanda speaks to me. You know, uh, I want to work with her. What do they do next? So what's great is that I'm going to be at the night market on the Saturday night as well. So um, I'm really looking forward to being able to connect with everybody that way. The other way is honestly on social media. I'm on social media. It's Amanda Blair Wellness. My website is the same, amandablairwellness.com. If people want to go read a little bit more about my story, some of the things that I do, that's a great way to do it. Be available for people to come talk to as well, which is is going to really be, I think, great because it's one thing to read my story on social media or to go on my website, but it's totally a different thing to have access to me because mm-hmm. my work is virtual, right? So it's, it's kind of, you know, it's a little harder to get a feel for someone. So yeah, if, if people are interested, it's website, social media, come in and chat with me at the retreat and um, 
seeing if, if it's a good fit. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll put all the information in the uh, links at the bottom of the description of the podcast. So if anyone's thinking, you know, where it is, you can just click on the links there. Um, but yeah, we're really looking forward to, to having you a part of the retreat and I'm excited to meet you and um, sounds like you're bringing some uh, wonderful wisdom to the retreat. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it too. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone for listening. And this was uh, Amanda Blair and we'll have all the information after. Have a happy and healthy day. Great. There we go. <laughs> Perfect.